Hello, friends. You're listening to Heaven's Light on your Atlanta Catholic radio station, AM 1160 The Quest. I'm Annie Porter, and I'm joined in studio by Steph Ike, Carol Tearsmith, Jack Tyson. And, of course, on the phone, we have Father Jim Blunt with us again today. And we're going to be talking about some current events, as well as we want to continue our topic of conversation about living in the divine will. But we know all good things start in prayer. So, Father Jim, would you lead us in a prayer? Sure, Annie. Good afternoon, team, and good afternoon, listeners. Hello, Father. Hey, Father. Hi, guys. Beloved, let's begin with a psalm from the Holy Bible. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Team, would you say this after me, line by line? This is from Psalm 102. It's really appropriate for our time, you might say, of distress and warfare. O Lord, listen to my prayer. O Lord, listen to my prayer. And let my cry for help reach you. And let my cry for help reach you. Do not hide your face from me. Do not not hide your face from me. In the day of my distress. In In the day of my distress. Turn your ear towards me. Turn Turn your ear towards me. And answer me quickly when I call. And answer me quickly when I call. In your anger, Lord, and your fury. In your anger, Lord, and in your fury. You have lifted me up and thrown me down. You have lifted me up and thrown me down. My days are like a passing shadow. My days are like a passing shadow. And I wither away like the grass. And I wither away like the grass. But you, O Lord, will endure forever. But you, O Lord, will endure forever. And your name from age to age. And your name from age to age. You will arise and have mercy on Zion. You will arise and have mercy on Zion. You will have mercy on the United States. You will have mercy on the United States. This is the time to have mercy. This is the time to have mercy. Yes, the time appointed has come. Yes, the time appointed has come. For your servants love her very stones. For your servants love her very stones. And we are moved with pity even for her dust. And we are moved with pity, even for her dust. The Lord shall build up Zion again. The Lord shall build up Zion again. He will appear in all his glory. He will appear in all his glory. He will not despise our prayers. He will not despise our prayers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's Psalm 102, beloved. God will come to our rescue. Amen. 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 I think you sure, you you know sure what, picked team? a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Why don't we pray the St. Michael prayer, too, because uh, we need to ask God to send him down um, over the country right now. St. Michael the Archangel. The we'll go ahead and pray that battle. together. 
Okay. Yes. St. Michael, the Archangel, Archangel. defend us us in battle. Be our protection against against the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. May May God God rebuke him, him, we we humbly pray. pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have have mercy mercy on us. Immaculate heart of Mary, pray pray for us. O Mary, concede without original sin. Pray Pray for for us who have recourse to thee. Mary, Queen of the angels, pray pray for for us. And all of you saints and angels, pray Pray for for us. So, team and dear listeners, I, our Lord and Our Lady just want me to console you that God is hearing our prayers. I think we need to step up our prayers this week, and I want to recommend something to everybody. I think we need to step up our prayers and our fasting this week. God is hearing us, and He's going to console us. He's going to help us. So this is a word of consolation, I believe, from the Holy Spirit. God has heard us. And God will help us, and there are already some very good signs that have occurred across the country in the last 24 hours. We want to pray in in this election and these results. We must pray for an end to abortion. This is absolutely primary. Abortion is not an issue. It's above all the other issues. And for too long, we have looked the other way. Catholics have, you know, priests have, the Republican Party has, the country has looked the other way while we're killing millions and millions and millions of babies. But, beloved, the fact of the matter is it has to come to an end. The time is now. We can't even kill and justify even one baby from all eternity, from the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, to the last person who will ever live on the face of the earth, Abortion is always hideous, criminal, and mortally sinful. It's evil, diabolical, and destructive. It is hateful. It is ungodly. It is inhumane and inhuman. We can never kill one baby or justify the killing of one baby. And I believe in a certain sense that's what this is all about, this election and this battle. So we need to step up our prayers and our fasting this week so that the results that will be finally uh, tallied and come to in the end will be results that lead us to an end to abortion in our country, in our land. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, team, can I give you a suggestion that came, not from myself, but from an approved mystic down in Brazil, in South America? Yes, please. As you probably realize, my dear listeners, too, that the results of our election impact the, the entire world, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising, then, that visionaries across the world have been receiving messages that actually touch upon the situation here in this beloved country, where the Blessed Virgin Mary herself appeared to our first president, George Washington, in Valley Forge, and prophesied three amazing battles. 
the last of which would be one in which the entire world would be arrayed and arraigned against this country. And Mary actually promised our first president, who baptized Catholic on his deathbed, George Washington, our lady actually promised him a complete victory over this evil. I believe it's rather certain we're in that battle now, where the new world order is arrayed against our country. And Our Lady has already promised us victory. In fact, at Fatima, she promised the whole world victory. She said, in the end, my immaculate heart would triumph. So I'm particularly touched by the instructions that were given to us just a week ago by Edson Glauber. He's the visionary down in Brazil who has been approved by his own bishop. He's received visions from the Holy Family, and from, in particular from good St. Joseph the protector of the Universal Church. Mm -hmm. So Edson has received amazing and quite beautiful uh, visions and commentaries about the chaste heart of St. Joseph. And that's really the second problem in the world today, right after abortion, but it leads to abortion, and that is our gross sexual immorality as a nation. We need to pray for the day when even pornography even on the Internet, will be against the law in our country. Amen? Amen. Even pornography has to be outlawed in our country. It is a huge doorway to satanic influence, especially over our young people and over our marriages. And by the way, even over some clergy. And so we need to close this door to pornography. But sexual immorality is a huge problem that leads to abortion frequently. And so... Mm -hmm. St. Joseph has appeared as the chaste heart of St. Joseph to Edson Glauber. Our Lady has appeared to him and the child Jesus as well. But here's the instruction that Our, our Lady and Our Lord gave to Edson just um, a week ago, uh, not only for this country, but I believe for the whole world. And so for this week, they're asking us for this week, Monday through Friday, to pray the Magnificat. Now, believe it or not, I've never heard this before, but I, I did start it last night. Our Lady asks us to pray the Magnificat 50 times every day, mm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and to fast on bread and water on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Mm -hmm. And of course, we always, everything is always given to us by Our Lord and Our Lady in union with their Holy Church, the Bride of Christ. So that means if you can't fast on bread and water, just fast on one meal. You do what you can. Mm -hmm. So you fit that according to your medical purposes, of course. But if you can, fast on bread and water Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or take one meal at the very end of the night if you're starving, let's say, by bedtime and you need it for your health. But Mama was asking Edson to have all of us fast Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, re recalling Jesus' words that this kind, this kind of demon can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. So this continue to fast tomorrow and Friday, and then to pray the Magnificat 50 times a day. And so I tried it last night. I've never done that before. It was awesomely powerful. And I, I noticed there was a breakthrough five minutes after I finished that came up on the news. So I see that it's very effective, and of course that prayer is a prayer of victory. And when we say it, we're uttering the Word of God. And so, team, I want to say it now for you and I, for our audience, and for the country. I'm just going to say it once. I won't say it all 50 times right now. <laughs> oh, come on. 
But everyone can listen to this, and you can find, of course, in your Bible, in the Gospel of St. Luke, in the opening chapters, you'll find it there. And you can also find it on the Internet if you look up these revelations from Brazil, from Itzaparaga, from the chaste heart of St. Joseph. But here's the Magnificat. It's really a proclamation of victory. So I can see why our Lord and Our Lady would suggest this. It's so powerful. Here it is now, and see if everyone else can say it later, 49 more times if you can. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations shall call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Amen. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Of course, that's Our Lady's Prayer, right from Sacred Scripture. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend that, because I know people are searching, what should we pray? Well, definitely pray the rosary. I would recommend four or five times a day right now. I'm going to say definitely pray the St. Michael the Archangel Chaplet at least once or twice a day. Mm -hmm. And definitely try to get to Mass every day and or Eucharistic Adoration. Those are the three, you might say, the solid you know, foundations of our prayers, the Rosary, the Chapter of St. Michael, and the Holy Eucharist. But I'll add to this, this private revelation from an approved mystic. Try this as well, because you know, extraordinary times require extraordinary measures. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take that long, but it's rich. You will, feel, you will feel the beauty of the power of the Holy Spirit as you say this prayer. 50 times in a row that Our Lady will bring the promised victory as soon as possible and bring it into abortion as soon as possible in our land. Yes. Well, that's a good idea. So now we've got a, we've got a new project now, the Magnificat. So, and Father, you know, the chaplet of St. Michael that you uh, produced uh, with the seminarians, we are airing that now at 10 o'clock in the morning, at 12 noon, and at 5 p.m., and then a number of times during the off, during the prime hours where people are catching it, anytime they wake up in the middle of the night, they can go to the app or the website and yes. uh, and listen to it under programs. And it's so compelling. Everyone's loving it. So thank you for that. And, you know, with all the prayers that, that we're sending up now, and we've got a new one with with the Magnificat. Okay, so we're now we're going to do 50 times a day. And when we do the rosary, we're praying, what, 53 or four Hail Marys in a rosary, 53. Uh, That's right. So, um, you know, it can tend to feel repetitive, you know, and sometimes it becomes easy to be a little distracted or to lose focus without intending to. So, and I know I'm guilty of, you know, being in prayer and then my thoughts go take me off somewhere and I have to bring myself back and, you know, uh, kind of 
get back on track. So, and yet I know that Our Lady says, pray, pray, pray. And if you pray with the heart, I will pray with you. So do you have any suggestions when you pray on the air with us, or even when you pray with us, you know, prior to the show or any time that we talk to you, your prayers are so, it just feels efficacious and strong. And we are all you know, right there and alert with you when you pray. So if you have any ideas for us on how all of our listeners could be a little bit more focused in some of the prayers that tend to be, you know, they're, they're repetition for a reason, right? Yes, or, I mean, it reminds me of that famous teaching of Venerable Bishop Fulton J. Sheen, when he would teach about the Holy Rosary, and some would object about the repetition in it. Of course, there's repetition in the Bible, too, the book of Daniel, has an incredible prayer of repetition, blessing God for everything, for the sun and the moon and the stars and the ocean and the animals and everything. The Bible warns against vain repetition, but not meaningful repetition, you see? Mm-hmm. And so Bishop Sheen said that if you were married, do you think your wife would get tired if you said to her, I love you, I love you, I love you, 50 times a day? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, that's right. I've never been married, but that's like a pretty good idea to me. Yes. You know, to tell that beautiful wife how much you love her. And of course, when we pray the rosary, we're telling the Holy Trinity and the Holy Virgin how much we love them. They don't get tired of that, and neither should we. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps that's the first lesson, team, about how to stay focused, you might say, in your prayer, is remember that prayer is, first of all, love. Mm-hmm. If prayer is not love, prayer is not prayer. Prayer is part of a loving relationship with the God-man and with the Creator. It's a loving relationship. It's a way of expressing the love that's already there. And so that's why the new movement approved by the Church, the Flame of Love movement, is so important. It's seeking to revive the spirit of love in the Church, that the Church is not about rules to be obeyed. It's about a person named God to be loved. It's not about rules to be obeyed, it's about a person, three persons, to be loved. So to remember that we are men and women of love, and prayer should always be grounded in love. That's the first thing. The second thing I would recommend is um, the Scriptures themselves, as we read at the opening of our show, that we Catholics have long forgotten the efficacy or the power of the Word of God, that the Protestants have taken our book and run with it, And I say more power to them. If we don't use it, then somebody has to use it. But we need to pick up our book and start using it. But simply to say that when we beautiful Catholics would read the beautiful Word of God, then something amazing begins to happen. So I would recommend to our listeners is to always have a Bible in the house, and to read the simplest thing really is to read the Book of Psalms, to read at least one psalm a day, But do what St. Benedict recommended, read it out loud. Mm. Read the Word of God out loud. That way you're seeing it, you're saying it, and you're hearing it. So all of your senses are becoming engaged. And if you put your finger on the Bible and scroll down the words, then you're touching it as well. Mm. You're seeing it, you're hearing it, you're saying it, and you're touching it. And so the Word of God is extremely powerful. It will make your prayer come alive. That's another suggestion for us poor Catholics. We shouldn't be poor. We should be the richest of men and women. Use that holy book that really is a Catholic book. 
We want everyone to use it, for sure. But we need to read it out loud. That will bring the fire, the flame of love, into our prayer. That's why Our Lady actually recommended to one visionary that when we say the rosary, that we should always have scriptures with it, either after each Hail Mary or before each decade, to read the Word of God out loud. And when Mary appeared to another visionary in South America, that she told this wonderful woman that she would give her scripture verses every apparition that had been approved by the Church as well. Uh, Our Lady of St. Nicholas of the Holy Rosary, down in Argentina, also approved by the Church. So that's another suggestion, is the Word of God. I would recommend this, too, very important in my own spirituality, is I would recommend to everyone listening, even those who may not belong to the Catholic Church, ask the Virgin Mary to give you her faith. Holy Mary, give me your faith in Jesus Christ, your faith in the truth. In fact, give me your faith, your hope, and your love. I'm going to tell you, team, if you pray with Mary's faith, and you hope with Mary's hope, and you love with Mary's love, you're going to experience a a heavenly joy in this life. Within a day or two, you're experiencing the joy of the Lord in this life, and you'll start becoming a little saint. Ask Mary to give you and I her faith, her hope, her love, in fact, her prayer life. Mary, pray through me and give me your prayer life as well. These are some things you can do, and I'll share one more simple practical one. It's very funny, but this is actually true. I would call it the peripatetic method, and that is do what Jesus did and what the Jews do today. They they move when they pray. They They would walk as they prayed and prayed as they walked. So if you're getting sleepy or bored, get up. And walk around your house, walk around the yard, and say your rosary while walking. Jesus and his Jewish brothers and sisters to this day use the method of walking while praying or or moving in place while they're praying. Well, come on, that's probably just to keep them awake. I don't think they're that super holy. They're trying to stay awake. (laughs) And then as they pray, because they're awake, they become holy. (laughs) So there's another very simple method to use as well, to, Mm -hmm. to keep active, too, as you pray. And since we're reflecting on parts of the Bible with all of the mysteries, that it helps to just sort of pretend you're 10 feet away from Jesus through all of those, or, or Mary, through all of those mysteries, right? And put yourself in yeah. inside the scene. I know that helps me sometimes, put, put myself watching, you know, watching the resurrection happen from, from a rock or something, you know? Uh, watching right. the baptism of Jesus, just being there, putting myself inside that scenario and or that scene as oh, yeah. it really happened. Yeah, That's Steph's, really the idea. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I was going to say, Steph, what, what I do sometimes, like during the rosary, if I have my eyes closed, I'm, I'm anticipating that when I open my eyes, I'm going to see Mary. So mm. if, if she's going to be that close to me, I, I better be ready. Uh-huh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So that'll keep you on your toes. <laughs> and, and Very you, good. You don't like it when people pray too fast either, do you? I know that. I've heard I've heard you comment before. Oh, that's a little too fast. <laughs> yes. Very good. Okay. You know, many many Christians don't realize that when we when we pray the Rosary, the Church actually instructs us to meditate on the mysteries. It's, mm-hmm. it's not just the recitation of the Hail Mary. 
But when we say the Hail Mary, for our, our imagination to be at work, to be visualizing the mystery, the biblical mystery, and as St. Ignatius of Loyola said, to place ourselves in the mystery. Mm-hmm. So when, let's say, the birth of Jesus at Bethlehem, team to close your eyes and imagine that scene and place yourself there kneeling before the infant Jesus and Our Lady and St. Joseph in the stable mm-hmm. with the shepherds and the shepherd boys and the wise men. And then look at that mystery and do something like this. Imagine Our Lady looking up at you, motioning to you, and handing the newborn baby Jesus into your arms. Mm. Wow. (laughs) See, this is Mm -hmm. contemplation. This is Catholic meditation. Mm -hmm. It tends to come alive when we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. See, the imagination is a gift from the Holy Trinity. We were created with imagination. It's not meant for greed or for lust. The imagination is for prayer and for love. It's not for greed or for sin. The imagination is meant for prayer. And so if we imagine these mysteries and open ourselves to our Lord and Our Lady, lo and behold, they begin to move on their own, and things begin to happen. And God will even answer some of your long-hidden questions. You might even have a question that day, Lord, should I do this or should I do that? And you'll see the answer acted out for you as you meditate. That's called infused contemplation. Mm. That's why John Paul said the rosary itself is an instrument that can bring any Christian from the first stages of the spiritual life, like a newly baptized child, to the highest levels of mystical union, like Teresa of Avila experienced. John Paul says for everybody, for everybody, for everybody. It's for everybody, not for the chosen few. It's for everybody. He said the rosary itself can bring us from the first stages of prayer life, of the mystical life, of the spiritual life, to the highest levels of spiritual union with God himself. Isn't that amazing? It is. Just do the rosary. Powerful. We're all blessed, aren't we, to have the rosary? Yes, we are. It's a treasure. We, I don't know if anybody has really, you know, has used it, you know, used it up, so to speak, has found completely the treasures that are hidden therein. John Paul found a few more when he gave us the five luminous mysteries. They've been waiting like for a thousand years to be added, but John Paul picked up the wind and the breath and the voice of the Holy Spirit and put them to paper and gave them to us, these five luminous mysteries. So who knows what treasures still await us between now and the second coming with that Holy Rosary. But if we use it well, we use it lovingly and conscientiously, the rosary can, it'll solve every single problem. Our Lady told Sister Lucia it will stop wars and bring first-class miracles, the rosary itself. You really can't go wrong with a rosary. And I hope and long for the day when every Protestant brother and sister also has the rosary in their hands. Amen. 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 All right, y'all, we've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more Heaven's Light with Father Jim Blunt. Stay tuned. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Did you know that since the Supreme Court ruling of Roe v. Wade in 1973, we have lost over 61.5 million babies to abortion? Now let's think about that. 61.5 million people would be like wiping out even more than the entire populations of the states of California, 
and New York. Every 37 seconds in the United States, a baby is aborted. That is over 61 million babies that never got to be held or cherished. That means by the time I finish this sentence, an innocent baby will have lost their life. You might be asking what you can do to help. You can get involved by contacting your local center today. If you'd like to volunteer, contact 1-800-712-HELP to find your nearest pregnancy resource center. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1.17, Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Many evangelicals see this passage as an indication that baptism is not necessary for salvation. But is this true? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, I don't think Paul meant, I don't have authorization to baptize. If that were true, well, then he would have acted in disobedience when he baptized Crispus, Gaius, and the household of Stephanus, which he tells us about in the preceding verses. But we don't want to say that. It's more likely Paul was being hyperbolic in order to stress, one, the focus of his ministry, which was to preach, and two, it doesn't matter by whom you're baptized, which was the topic of discussion within context. Is Paul denying the necessity of baptism? I don't think so. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. The Quest invites you to pray the Unity Prayer. Let us pray. My adorable Jesus, may our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together to gain mercy from the Eternal Father. Amen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heaven's Light, and we're broadcasting here at AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio station. I'm Annie Porter, and I'm joined in studio by Steph Ike, Carol Tearsmith, Jack Tyson, and on the phone, we've got Father Jim Blunt with us again today. Yes, and as uh, Annie mentioned, you know, we're back, and and just want to remind anybody that did just come on during this second half of the program. Father has shared a number of of very important things with us already in the first half, but one thing that we we wanted to uh, make mention of, if you've just joined us, is that he is suggesting that we pray the Magnificat 50 times a day, along with fasting on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And that the Magnificat is a prayer of victory and that it is being shared uh, by the Blessed Lady to Sears, uh, specifically Edson 
I'm trying to remember, Father. What Lauber. Lauber. Okay. So that was an important um, uh, sharing from Our Lady that that you have given to us. And so I know I'm planning to participate in that and add that to my prayers. So we just wanted to share that for anyone who's just jumped into the second half of the program. And as we were talking on break, um, Jack had something really interesting that came to his mind. Jack? Yeah, and... You know, this wasn't part of our show notes uh, initially, anyway. But but Father takes us in different directions every week, and, yes, and, he does. And and the direction that we seem to be going today is is really talking about about focus. You know, in, in our prayer, uh, at mass, in our daily life, and and that sort of thing. And and I've heard people talk about how they they either get bored or or lose focus. You know, let's say during mass. Uh, and we've also heard heard it said that that the, the evil one, the devil, tries to derail us, and he actually works his hardest right there in front of the altar. Is that is 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 that the devil at work trying to distract us when we're sitting there at mass and and can't stay focused? Yes, Jack. In fact, um, that's one of the reasons why Holy Mother Church always invites us when we walk into any church for mass to dip our finger into the holy water and to bless ourselves, to drive away spirits of distraction. That's one reason why, because mm-hmm. we're entering into prayer, we're entering into spiritual warfare. And so if your church doesn't have the holy water right now for uh, these the COVID-19 purposes, which I think are really been overdone, exaggerated, but if they don't have the holy water there, then just, just look at the holy water font and bless yourself. And with a purposeful intention, Lord, protect me now uh, during this Holy Mass from all distractions. When you go to kneel at your pew, at your place, do the same thing. Make a second genuflection and a second sign of the cross. But now I want to recommend to, to everyone, Jack, and to the listeners, you know, what the Church would recommend, the saints would recommend this. You know, Mary's job is to prepare us for Jesus. When Mary's in my life, whether I'm Catholic or Protestant or Orthodox, when Mary is in my life, I love Jesus more, not the same and not less. I love him more. Mary always prepares me for Jesus and prepares me to love Jesus. And so what I'm getting at is this. The, the best way to prepare for Holy Mass is to pray the Holy Rosary before Mass. You can say it afterwards, sure, but I'm talking about preparing beforehand. There are two things in particular that are the best to do to get ready for Mass. The easiest and the most effective is to pray the Holy Rosary home before you leave the house, or if you have a drive to church, on the way to church, or get there 15 to 20 or 25 minutes early and pray it there in the church. But I'm telling you, the Rosary is the most powerful way to prepare for Holy Mass, because Mary will fill you with the Holy Spirit, and she will indeed infuse into our hearts her love for Jesus. Mama knows what Mass is, because Mama went to Mass every day of her life with St. John, the Catholic bishop and evangelist. She went to Mass every day with St. John. She knows how to prepare for Holy Mass. And Mary says, give me your hearts, children. Give me your hearts and your souls, my sons and daughters, through the rosary, and I will prepare you to best receive my son, Jesus. So I would recommend that to our good people. And see, that's important for more than one reason, because 
That means I have to plan for Mass. Too many of us just, we fit in Mass as best we can, even on Sunday. And we rush to get there 15 seconds before it starts. And this really, this isn't holy, to put it mildly. This is the most important moment and encounter of our life. And on the Catholic altars, a miracle happened called transfiguration, among other miracles. That happens every Mass. And so to prepare by praying the rosary, it actually sort of knocks it into us that there's something important happening that should be prepared for, not just rush in and rush out. And so the rosary helps me that way psychologically as well. To remember, I'm about to engage in something of supreme importance. It could mean the salvation of my soul, this Mass, or the salvation of the souls of those I'm praying for. So praying the rosary before Mass also helps us in that way, to remember that Mass is important enough to prepare for, not just to rush into, not just to fit in, but to prepare for before it even starts. So I recommend that, Jack, in a particular way. Mama will, will drive away, you might say, the spirits of distraction during that Mass. If you prayed the five decades beforehand, asking her for that grace, to be freed of distraction, to love her son with her love, and to believe with her faith. Mary will give you the best Mass of your life. It's the best way to prepare, is to pray the Rosary before Mass. A second thought is to pray the St. Michael the Archangel Chaplet. Even better to pray both of them if you can. The Mass should be prepared for. We prepare for everything else that's important. Why should we not prepare for this encounter with the Holy Trinity? Amen? Amen. 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 That's beautiful, Father. I, I need that advice. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a difference for me, too, team, as a priest. Before I say Mass, we, we use the verb celebrate. Before I celebrate Holy Mass, I need to pray, too. I can't just run out there and say Mass. That's why so many Masses are done. So you might say um, they're not done respectfully or reverently by so many priests. We can't just rush into Mass. As St. Charles Borromeo was his advice to all priests. The priest himself must prepare for Mass beforehand. Through a time, St. Charles said, of quiet contemplation, I bet he had the rosary in mind. And so for we priests as well, extremely important for us to prepare for Mass with at least a rosary. Of course, there's something else that every priest should do. I'm assuming that most of us do this. But our good lay people can do this, too. The Catholic Church actually recommends that our beloved lay people would read the readings, the Scripture readings for Mass. That's been recommended by the Church for a long time now. That's another gift, besides praying the rosary and or the chaplet, is to read the readings before Mass. So when you hear them pronounce, and you hear the priest, you know, teaching about them, that you're ready for it. If you're just hearing them for the first time, there's like a shock value involved. You're not quite ready for it. But if I've already read the readings before Mass, like, let's say, using um, the Magnificat prayer booklet or God's Word Among Us, or even going on the Internet, they're available on the USCCB website, mm -hmm. to read those readings beforehand, boy, when you hear them, they're so much deeper, because now you're ready. It's not hitting you on a surface level. You've already done that. Now you're ready to hear them at a deeper level where your heart, your emotions, and your soul is engaged. 
And so that's another uh, wonderful piece of advice from the Church herself. If you can, look at the readings beforehand, and the Sunday readings in particular, then you're ready. Some even recommend to read them the night before, like Saturday night, to read the Sunday readings and sleep on them. Then you're double ready for the Mass the next day. Oh, great. Father, something just popped in my head. I, re- I remember uh, maybe about a year ago, I went to a new uh, church, and uh, I had an appointment with the priest after Mass, and he uh, said, I have to go uh, go do my prayers of Thanksgiving. And he went into the chapel after Mass and, and knelt and prayed before we met. And it just reminded me when I saw him, I remember as a little kid, I used to always see a priest after Mass kneeling, and I guess they were praying prayers of Thanksgiving. Can Can you... Uh, remind me, or is this just something, is is this a n- normal practice? Well, you know, it was a standard practice for all priests in the Universal Church um, until recently. I think we've had sort of a, a breakdown, you might say, in the Church over the years. Not to blame Vatican II, because there's as much about Vatican II that was beautiful and godly, but certainly something changed, perhaps with the way it was implemented. But Certainly, there have been um, a lack of reverence, and part of that reverence would be to say certain prayers. The priest would say them before and after Mass. And yes, there's a, the prayers of thanksgiving after Mass for receiving the body and blood of the God-man, but also for being God's instrument, you might say, in bringing about that miracle. And you know, in, in the Missal, that's, that's the, the book that's on the altar when your pastor is saying Holy Mass— there's a book on the altar, it used to be called the Sacramentary, now we usually call it the Missal, but there are prayers in the back of that book for every priest. And by the way, even lay people are allowed to use them, but they're quite beautiful. I wonder, guys, can I read one of them to you right now? Please. Sure. I have my Missal here with me. I said a, a little Mass a few minutes ago, and so I have a little Missal with me. And here's one. I might as well read this one to you. It'll take us two or three minutes, but don't worry. Guess who wrote this one? St. Thomas Aquinas. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is the prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas. It's in every Catholic Missal and sacramentary, so our beloved priest can read these prayers after Mass as part of their thanksgiving. And here's what Thomas recommended to pray, and it goes like this. Lord Holy Father, almighty and ever-living God, I thank you. For though I am a sinner and your unprofitable servant, you have fed me with the precious body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. You did this not because I deserved it, but because you are kind and merciful. I pray that this Holy Communion may not add to my guilt and punishment, but may lead me to forgiveness and salvation. May it be for me the armor of faith and the shield of goodwill. May it purify me from evil ways and put an end to my base passions. May it bring me charity and patience, humility and obedience. And may it strengthen my power to do every kind of good. May it be a strong defense against the deceit of all my enemies, visible and invisible. May it calm perfectly all my evil impulses, bodily and spiritual. 
May it unite me more closely to you, the one true God. May it bring me full possession of the goal I am longing for. And I pray that you will lead me, a sinner, to the magnificent banquet where you, with your Son and the Holy Spirit, are, for all your saints, the true light, total fulfillment, everlasting joy, gladness without end, exquisite delight, and most perfect happiness, granted through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Mamma mia. Is that a <laughs> He didn't leave oh anything out. <laughs> That's right. That's I'm right. getting the Holy Spirit goosebumps all over me just reading that. Awesome. Well, you know, really, we as lay people, the same thing. I know after we receive communion, we say a prayer of thanksgiving. But again, I think I remember people staying in the church and praying prayers of thanksgiving too so Mm -hmm. we we that's a practice that we need to get back to because what a beautiful gift uh the eucharist is to each of us Mm. well yes beloved you see that in in that we're equal aren't we that the priest has received the same grace that the religious and the laity have received he may be the one celebrating the mass but Ultimately, he with you is receiving what he needs the most, the body and blood of Christ. So we all need to thank God for this grace. And see, thankfulness shows recognition. If I don't thank you for the gift, that means I haven't even appreciated it. I don't even realize the gift. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank God for the gift. If I don't feel it, feel it before I pray, I will feel it after I pray. So it's important mm-hmm. to, to thank the Lord, because not only is it a tremendous free gift from heaven, we call that grace, it's a free gift from heaven, but it's a stupendous gift that brings me salvation. And any layperson could say that same prayer that I just recited from St. Thomas, I'm sure you could find it, and he might send it to you, you can put it on your website. Our beautiful lay people can pray these prayers as well. That one to Thomas is another one in the back of the book just by St. Bonaventure, that's unbelievably beautiful. And of course, there's a, another one that everyone's probably um, used to from St. Ignatius of Loyola, the one about, Lord, take all my freedom, accept my memory, my understanding, and my will. You have given me all that I have and hold dear. I return it to you, and by your will. Give me only your grace and the gift of loving you. I will be rich enough. I will ask for nothing more. Amen. 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 Wow. That's also there, and certainly our beautiful lay people can use these prayers, too. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Maybe even cut them out and bring them with you to church. So after Holy Mass, pull them out and read them. It'll make your heart grow. Your heart begins to swell in love for God when you read these prayers. Great. Thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. Father, I think we want to transition now. This is something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We had the um, beatification of uh, Blessed Carlos or Carlo Acutis. Yes, and and you talked about that last week. But we thought maybe it'd be a, a time. It's we've had it about a month ago, and maybe you could remind our listeners some of the things that you shared before, or some new things about this beautiful new Blessed uh, Carlos or Carlo. Yes, sorry, he, Carlo. Carlo. Sure. Um, he, of course, was a teenager, 15 years of age, and he passed away. He went up to heaven in the year 2006. I mean, not that long ago, he went to heaven. And his body is currently uh, partially incorrupt, and I understand that he's actually dressed in blue jeans. 
<laughs> the first saint we ever had in blue jeans. Because he liked to wear them, and he did wear them. So Carlo is a holy, a beautiful child. He was very, very pure. He had a tremendous devotion to the Eucharist. It was second to none. And he used his skills as a computer expert. I mean, we don't say that mildly. From what I've heard from some computer experts today who have PhDs, that the work of Carlo was amazing to them, that he would have that kind of skill without any college education. He really had a certain genius for the computer, and he used it only to further God's kingdom. And on his own, he built up this um, tremendous um, web uh, web page that had all of the information and pictures of all of the Eucharistic miracles in the history of the Church. And it's available now for download on the computer, Carlo's amazing Eucharistic miracle display. Free of charge, and they put on very fine paper and blown up like posters. So I understand that so far, twenty thousand parishes across the world have done this. Twenty thousand churches across the world have printed up his displays, and some of them have made even life size and put them like in the in the foyer of the church, so that you can our people, young and old, can see this information on the miracles. Well, Carlo, he <coughs> excuse me. He pondered for for years about how he could get young people to be interested in the Eucharist. He knew that it was divine. He said, the Eucharist is my highway to heaven. He went to Mass daily and received the body and blood of Christ daily. He converted his mother and his father, who did not go to Mass. They were not Mass attenders. Carlo converted his parents and brought them with him as a child to Mass every day, and then began to bring his other relatives as well. He knew that the Eucharist was the pathway to heaven. He was trying to find a way to get others to realize this, especially teenagers, when he came up with this amazing idea and this program. And you know that after Blessed Carlo died, two days later, there was another approved Eucharistic miracle in South America two days after Carlo died. Mm. And the people in South America are attributing that to his intercession. They have a great devotion to him there, two days after God called him home. He came down, I think it was leukemia, unexpectedly, 15 years of age. He was feeling unwell, feeling sick. His mom said, you better go to the hospital, let's see what this is. Turns out he had leukemia. The doctor said it. his chances are not good. It looks very, very, very serious. Carlo did not get upset. He did not get angry. He did not cry. He looked at his mom and said, Mama, don't be sad. This is, this is another ticket from God, a ticket to heaven. <laughs> and he offered up his sufferings for the Catholic Church and for the Pope. Mm. He died three days later. Wow. Wow. The intense suffering, he never complained even once. He offered it for us, for the Church, and for the Pope. What a beautiful young man. He was a virgin. He was holy. He was well-balanced. He was funny. He was athletic. What a perfect example for our young people today. Mm-hmm. And that being said, St. Francis of Assisi, where Carlo is now buried, except his tomb is not underground, it's above ground, so people can venerate him. St. Francis was his favorite saint. St. Francis appeared to Carlo's mother 
Mrs. Acutis. You can actually find her on the internet in quite a few different YouTube videos. She loved and loves her son. She attributes her conversion completely to him. She promotes his cause because she says she's flabbergasted herself, that he was a gift from heaven to she and to her husband. And she said that St. Francis appeared to her. She's had several prophetic dreams. It makes sense that God would give these special gifts to the family of a saint. And so Mama Okutis said that St. Francis appeared to her not too long ago in a dream. And he told her, Mama, your son Carlo occupies a very high place in heaven. He occupies a very high place in heaven. And then St. Francis told Mrs. Acutis just recently, when your son is canonized by the Church, when, when, not if, when he's canonized by the Holy Catholic Church, then God will put places upon the youth of the world, and a new generation of young saints will arise all over the world when Carlo is canonized. Praise God. Wow. Incredible. It is incredible. St. Louis de Montfort and other saints prophesied this, that God would, in the final age, raise up the greatest saints in world history from among the youth. And here is St. Francis, considered by me to be the greatest saint in history, next to Mary and Joseph, the greatest saint in all church history, appearing to his mother, mm. fulfillment of this prophecy is now at hand. When Carlo is canonized, then, he said, God will raise up a generation of saints from among the youth. Mamma mia, thanks <laughs> be to God. Amen. Praise be to God. Oh, incredible. What another what incredible an hour. Thing for our time. Yes. Yes, Father. And unfortunately, we are out of time for this hour. But we know these hours always go unexpectedly, I would say. You know, we, we take turns with the Holy Spirit. So you gave us a great hour, yes, Father. Yes, incredible. Thank you. Thank and you. if you didn't get to catch this entire hour, don't forget you can find it on demand on our Quest Atlanta app or online at thequestatlanta.com under programs. But, Father, would you close us out for this hour with a prayer? Sure. Um, I want to say a prayer first to St. Joseph. I'm just going to recite what's called the Ancient Prayer to St. Joseph, uh, because he is considered the protector of the Universal Church. And so we need Holy Joseph's protection over the Church and over our country right now like never before. And yes, in a special way, over where all the votes are being tallied. There's so much corruption and fraud that has come up. It's indisputable. We need St. Joseph with his honesty to come down over the election, to protect the results of the election, and to pray for our country, including freedom from violence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Here's what's called the ancient prayer to St. Joseph. Oh, St. Joseph, you whose protection is so great, so strong, so prompt before the throne of God, I place before you all of our interests and desires. O oh, St. Joseph, do assist us by your powerful intercession and obtain for us, from your divine Son, every spiritual blessing through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that having engaged here below your heavenly power, we may offer our thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers. O oh, St. Joseph, we never weary contemplating you and the Christ child asleep in your arms. We dare not approach while he reposes near your heart. 
press him in our names and kiss his fine head for us and ask him to return that kiss when we draw St. Joseph, patron saint of the universal church, for us. St. Joseph, protector of the family, pray for us. St. Joseph, guardian of the youth, pray for us. St. Joseph, guardian of purity, pray for us and for the United States of America. Amen. 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 The Lord be with you. And And with with your spirit. May the unutterably beautiful God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, through the prayers of Mary and St. Joseph and Blessed Carlo Acutis, may he bless everyone listening everyone who will listen and give you nothing less than eternal life on high and perfect joy forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and may he bless your families as well. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father Jim, and thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in to Heaven's Light on your Atlanta Catholic radio station, AM 1160, The Quest.